0: Hello everyone and welcome to this Nintendo Life. My name is NBZ and we're at 53 the number the episode the place the time to be. Uh we are rolling on through November Bali. It's it's happening so quickly. 2015 is almost over and we're we're getting to kind of game of the year stuff soon which is exciting.
1: Yeah, no, I I think I'm gonna go back and play quite a few games that I feel are you know contenders. Um, yeah. Give them a bit, a few more hours. Um, see if it can re I can reevaluate my um views on some games.
0: Seems almost a decade ago that Captain Toad came out. Oh uh, boy, it? yeah,
1: it really does feel a really long time ago, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, so, there's lots of stuff uh, to look forward to in the coming weeks, but uh, for now, we've just got a good old regular episode for you. Uh, but there's also the return of Nintendo's uh, feature special, Nintendo Direct, and we'll talk about it later in the episode. But uh, what else are we going to do, Bally, in this episode?
1: We've got what we've been playing this segment, and we've got a few emails to get through. And then, like you said, we're going to talk all about the ins and outs of the first Nintendo Direct, I want to say, since April?
0: Yeah, if we're talking just directs uh, and not counting yeah. the digital event from E3, then yeah. yeah. it's It's been the longest break uh, in a long time, and there are obvious reasons for that, but uh, it's good good to have them back, I'd say. Good good to be back in yeah. this, this groove. So um, anyway, uh, let's just jump in with some video game things that have been being played by both of us, uh, or some of us, or one of us. Uh, Bally, how about you uh, go first as usual? Tell us what you've been playing.
1: Well, I want to start with one that we both played. Sure. Which is, we finished up Triforce Heroes. Oh boy, didn't we? And I just want to say the final two worlds of that game, they're pretty damn great. They're pretty. They're excellent, yeah. They are really well designed. I thought the final boss, without giving spoilers away, was really, really, really well implemented. The way that. uh, three of us had to communicate I think mm-hmm. communicate communicate over Skype and then and the random person with us yes using emojis um it's just a really really well designed game and like we said in the last episode when it's good it's some of the best gaming experiences I've had this year and then when it's bad it's just some of the worst to be quite yeah fair.
0: I think, like, the core gameplay is just where you want to be, and you just want to get to that as quickly as possible, but there are things in the way that stop you from getting to it. Um, But yeah, I'll agree with you, I'll say that the, uh, I'd say, like, maybe World 6, 5 and 6, maybe, or uh, 4 and 5, there are 8 total, right? Um, so I think oh, yeah. like 5 and 6 had some mechanics that were a little bit off-putting to me and especially like yeah. communication wise they were much tougher and more punishing and had bosses that were, I felt a little more unfair given the situation with not really being able to communicate fully with the third player but the last two worlds were excellent they really, um, they pitched the difficulty nicely it wasn't uh, cheap and uh, it was it was
1: really, really enjoyable yeah, I was super impressed by some of the mechanics they came up with. Stuff that I hadn't really seen at all in any trailers. Um, really original. I would have never thought of them myself had I been um, designing the game or something like that. And some of them really made us think um, in really good ways. And I I think that game does things that no other game I've ever seen has done. And I don't mm. think... I. I'm worried, I'm sure I don't think Nintendo will go back to that kind of multiplayer style of Zelda too often, Uh, but it it was nice while it was there, and it's nice that that game exists and we can go back to it, and obviously there's more uh, DLC coming, as we'll talk about later in this episode, but um, it'll be a nice little chunk, a nice little segment to go go back to, because this really is like this game does some really great stuff so i've also been playing a lot of rayman legends i actually finished the game um and when i say finished i played every single level including all the invaded levels they're called um and I only missed out, I think, maybe five of the Origins levels, I want to say. because I is, is
0: it some that. kind of ludicrous task to get all of those? Is that why you gave up on it in the
1: end? Um, I'm just really bad at collecting things, to be honest. And I see. You had to collect a certain number of um, Lums in order to unlock the, the the Lucky Clovers, in order to mm-hmm. unlock the Origins levels. So I just didn't unlock enough of those lumps per level i kind of burned out at the very end and that's not to say this is a bad game at all because i think this is an unbelievably good platformer this is in my top three platformers of all time quite easily to be honest it's wow really, really I, I didn't
0: just... think you were that positive on it but like it oh for me is... the thing about rayman is it does so many wonderful things Uh, to tighten up the platforming experience you know the checkpoint system mid-level which always seems perfectly pitched like the lack of lives the fact that it controls wonderfully um, and the physics are great and the wall jumping is actually good as opposed to fucking new super mario brothers whose wall jumping i fucking hate and despise so yeah there are a lot of things like mechanically that this game just needs
1: And I know that I know that mechanics are your big passion with 2D platformers. And I completely Absolutely. I completely agree. The mechanics of this game are really solid. They're unbelievable. But I think this game is even really good when it comes to art and music. And those are aspects that I love in other 2D platformers. But this game's soundtrack is just so unique and quirky and it's got a bit of medieval it's got a bit of sort of hispanic sounding stuff going on it's got everything and on top of that the art style is just going to these really vibrant crazy kind of ubisoft you know levels that you 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 would never see in any other games they're really kind of they've gone all out on the quirkiness and i just love that
0: i think it's the thing that is making cuphead stand out for a lot of people it's that hand-drawn animated look that is just like it's basically a cartoon and it it flows wonderfully
1: It's, yeah, it's just, they went above and beyond what you have to do with a video game. And and as sad as it sounds, it's kind of what you have to do these days for a 2D platformer if you do want to stand out. Oh, absolutely, Um, yeah. Because it's such, it's a format that is just so tried and tested that, you know, you have to be... It's
0: saturated as well, especially if you take a look at the indie market right now, like, there are a dime a dozen 2D platformers.
1: But I mean, this game for me is right up there with my favorite platform is like Tropical Freeze. It really does tick all the boxes and it's it's almost surprising that Nintendo didn't make this game. Like it's, it's that level of polish and I don't really say that about many games, to be honest. Um, it really does hold up. Um, if I was to pick on aspects i didn't like um it's definitely the touchscreen levels uh yeah
0: they're then uh, they kind of slow down later through the game don't they There, i seem to remember there not being as many as you get further
1: perhaps but there's still one too many for my liking um and i definitely say i know that these levels are terrible on systems that aren't the vita or the wii u Right. Um, I cannot imagine playing it with like a PS4 controller, or Xbox One controller, or whatever. That just, mm-hmm. it's just horrible. And there are just a few too many for my liking that really break up the flow of the game. Um, which is a real shame. You know,
0: I think it'd be interesting if we played those together in co-op and thought it was a different experience, because at least then you have someone who is in control of the character and you can kind of communicate between yourselves to say, like, okay, do this thing, and it's it's an asymmetric uh, cooperative experience. Um. Yeah,
1: and there's definitely a lot of thought gone into them, and I give them credit for that, but single player, it's not doing it for me and it's a shame that they're not kind of a side co-op experience, they're kind of part of the main group of levels which is a shame, like I wish they were sort of a bonus thing on the side
0: Like stuff that you have to
1: play through to progress essentially Yeah, and that's that, and That's a real shame um, I also think that the 2D sort of shooter levels I want to call them they're just a bit dry they're a very simple game mechanic and there's just too many levels like that by all means throw a couple of levels like that in mix up the formula but it's just not a strong formula uh, that I like but uh, I don't okay I don't want to do this game down. Um, I absolutely loved it. I got about four hundred and eighty lums, not lums. What do you call them? Teen teensies? Teensies? Who knows?
0: Bali, like, there's too many things in this game yeah. that you have to collect that I don't want to tread on anything. I got I got <laughs> so... about
1: four eighty out of seven hundred. Um, okay, spent, that's respectable. I spent you know? a good fifteen, sixteen hours on this game, and just I really did love it. It was it was a slow it was a slow grow like I didn't I didn't in the first few levels I was like eh, this feels a bit uh, whatever but when you when you start speeding up when you're forced to sprint more in this game which you are a lot which is nice um, it's just so solid really solid um, and I had such a great time so yeah thank you very much Excellent. for recommending it to me MBZ, no problem which... I'll continue to tell you the good games out oh, there yes. and you
0: will uh, you'll continue to play them so precisely that's um, how it works
1: and then finally, I dove back into a ton of some Super Mario Maker. Uh, yeah. And I decided, uh, I was, having been inspired by Dan Reichert from Giant Bomb and Patrick Cleverick mm-hmm. of Kotaku, that I needed to make you a level, MBZ, to, yeah. to challenge your, your skills and to you know f- extract every emotion from your soul uh-huh um, and that feel, certainly happened and i feel i did that so job yeah. done totally successful uh i really enjoyed i i must have spent eight to ten hours maybe a little less than that i don't know i can't remember exactly but just working on a level um i'd highly recommend people checking out mbz's youtube channel he did a video on him um Facing this level that I created, Uh, I I sort of I went for a theme where you were riding on uh, shells uh, throughout, which was good fun to make. Um, There are definitely a couple of things that you exploited from my level that I was frustrated uh, that I left in there, but I mean that's half the fun. Half the fun is like working out, you know, oh how can I how can I exploit this level? How can I what is what has Bally forgotten that I could work on that could make this easier for me and, right. and even when you did use some exploits it was a r it was a pretty challenging level. So Totally, yeah. It totally was really was. good fun watching you take that on. Um and I, I, I just I love Super Mario Maker in the sense that you can just go back to it, spend some time making a level Leave it for a few months and come back to it, and I, 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 want to do that for like the next, for the foreseeable future, as it were. Like, sure. You know, come up with a level, challenge you, MBZ. Hopefully, you'll make some levels for me, and you know, we challenge each other. It's so satisfying watching each other play levels, and that's the real uh, selling point of this game for me, and, and that's that's why I love it so much, to be honest
0: yeah the joy of level creation and then seeing your product as it were out in the world and seeing other people taking it into their own hands and trying it and seeing if they can figure it out that is it's a it's a satisfying loop um and it's one that i didn't expect to kind of grab me uh but it's it's got me by the balls i'll tell you mario maker is just oh yeah so much fun um so and and i
1: I really need to go back and just invest some time in the single player now that I've I say single player, the whole game single player but now that I've made, I've created uh, a couple of levels I want to really go and experience other people's levels and you know do the 100 100 Mario Challenge I believe it's called and the the other challenges, unlock those amiibo costumes I think you get from those You do indeed Um, So I need to really just invest a bit of time in that Um, so I'll probably talk about that for next time or cool. Whatever, but we'll see.
0: Awesome. Um and uh, that's pretty much it, right? Lots of different yeah, things that's here. Pretty and much there it. Play. I'm
1: gonna get on with a bit more Oli Oli and a bit of Fire Awakening. Cool.
0: Good stuff. Uh so I, Bally, uh, have been playing a game that, that you lent to me. seeing as you were so kind, uh, uh, or sorry, I was so kind to give you Rayman, you uh, decided uh, it was time for me to get invested in the universe of our good old buddy Star Fox.
1: A Nintendo classic. Classic. Yeah.
0: yeah a, a good classic indeed, as they say, Star Fox 64. Um, Bally, I think I fall down on the side of the fence that not many people fall down on. I don't like Star Fox. Um, I really. <laughs> really tried to like Star Fox and I just don't think I'm the audience for this game. Um, not to say it's not good, because I think like at the core of Star Fox sixty four is an arcadey experience with a lot of depth to it and a lot of kind of levels of difficulty that you can keep challenging yourself on in terms of, you know, not getting hit once by anything in a certain run or you know trying to, to achieve a certain goal and get all the rings you know there there are kind of like self-imposed challenges that you could put on yourself uh, to play through this game but for me i just fucking struggle to get through it you know i'm i have i feel an issue with 3d space shooters yeah it's it's The control of a ship in three dimensions is for some reason hard for me to get a grasp on, like I can do it but I'm just not good at it, you know it's one of the things that kind of got me hung up on Rogue Squadron when we used to play that on GameCube, it's like, you would I I know, but you have like kind of this this, uh, talent, your brain kind of works in the way that it it accommodates uh, being able to um, play these games, Mm. and you could always get through that Death Star level and beat it, and I just fucking I died all the time. I just didn't know how (laughs) to play it and, like, what I was doing wrong. And I just – I'm not accommodated to it, right? And so Star Fox kind of gave me trouble early on. um, And I was going through – I was, you know, doing the lowest path possible because I kept losing and not doing great, so it knocked me down to the easier levels. And uh, I kind of made it to the end almost, like, made it to this desert level where you're a tank – and uh, this boss was just kicking my ass. And I was like, God, this is, this is really frustrating. And number one, it's frustrating because the checkpoints they have are only midway through the level. So you get halfway through and then you have to, if you die on the boss, you have to play from half of the level again. Like there's no pre-boss checkpoint, which in a modern game, obviously that would make sense, right? And this is a remake. This is the 3D version of Star Fox 64 I'm playing, I should mention, on 3DS. And they didn't fucking change that. Like why? Why have they not gone back and thought about these things and thought, "Hey, that's a smart thing to do. Why not? Let's change this."
1: I swear, I swear, there are some bosses in that game, including the final boss, where they it is a checkpoint just before the boss.
0: Right. Well, the final boss is just a level unto itself, though, as far as I could tell. Uh, mm, it well, it, it pretty of, much is. Sort yeah.
1: of. Yes. Okay.
0: Um. So that like that frustrated me to no end and i was basically i had run out of patience with it and i was like okay i'm just gonna quit for tonight so i press the start button and i click exit and then it pops up with the thing saying enter your name i'm like okay that's weird so i enter my name i <laughs> click okay and then it kicks me back out to the main menu And there's no option to continue my game. It just says, new game. And I'm like, what the living
1: fuck are you doing? (laughs) What? So, fun fact, that is an aspect that has been added to the game. Because on the original, as far as I'm aware, um, you had to play it in one sitting or you were screwed. So, the the very wow. fact that you actually have the ability to, you know, pause and make your and put your game to sleep, or whatever, or come out in some other way... I mean, I if you
0: know. are between levels, you're fine. Yeah, but As exactly. soon as you start a level, you're locked into that level. Yeah. If you die, then I assume that you lose, right? And you have to start all over again. And if you click exit, it doesn't put you back to the planetary systems menu. It just says, hey here's a middle finger, go fucking start again. So I just kind of hit a breaking point. Like, I wasn't enjoying this game to begin with, because first, I'm bad at it, and second, like, it's fine, it's arcadey. it's not really doing anything interesting for me. And so I just fucking, like, I just put it, I threw it to the side. I was like, F- no, I'm not doing this. Like, and I said to you on Sky, I was like, Bali, I don't know if I'm even going to play this game. I don't know if I'm even going to finish it, because it doesn't seem it's worth my time. And
1: when you say finish it, you mean go through to the final boss. I mean just go of through of it once. La- exactly. I mean just
0: like do yeah. an hour and a half or however long it yeah. takes to do
1: a single run through the
0: game. Like yeah. I had I had long ago dispelled any sense that I was going to play every level because being uh very talentless clearly at this style of game uh, i was never going to reach the upper echelon and play on the hardest difficulty yeah. uh, so i had kind of you know brushed that aside from the off i just wanted to get to the end right and um, and so what i did is a couple of weeks later i went back to it and i picked it up again i was like all right let's give this another shot and i figured out like a way of moving around that made it a little bit easier for me to control. Uh so in like really this game is a bad job at tutorializing. Like it doesn't really tell you a good way to kind of orient yourself in space, especially in the dogfighting areas. And so when you get to that level with Wolf and his cronies and they're all flying around this place and you have to defeat them, uh if you don't you go down to the easier path essentially. I was just getting my ass kicked cuz I was trying to turn around cuz they were behind me. and I just couldn't turn like sharply enough it just wasn't working and so what i figured out is if you hold down the shoulder button and then break at the same time it's almost like you're pausing mid-air so you can kind of stop and reorient yourself and then like again go ahead and start shooting them so i figured this out and so second time i get to that wolf area i actually managed to beat them like I, i take out the whole crew and i'm like okay that's cool like it now means that I actually kind of get to experience another level, a different level, um, and uh, maybe, you know, expand my horizons on this game a bit more. And I, I thought the level after it was-, was interesting. I was glad I didn't die on it, because I-, I think I enjoyed that level, but I wouldn't have if I had continuously failed at it. It's kind of tough, because it's a uh, like a lava level where your health is constantly going down, yeah. and you have to get rings in order to heal yourself. And even on, on the boss, like, that's a problem, because he shoots out some rocks at you, mm-hmm. and if you miss them, then fuck you you don't have health for that that cycle and you have to wait for the next cycle um but I did manage to do it first time which I was like very pleased with um and uh, from there I kind of uh, managed to get my way to the end the final boss I thought was challenging um but he wasn't too terrible especially after I looked up
1: online he gets hard if you go on the other paths
0: yeah, yeah I imagine he does bit. and uh, yeah. i I kind of like for my successful run I went like through the middle and then down to easy again so I was kind of like not the easiest way of defeating him but like not the hardest one either it was kind of maybe a medium level of difficulty um, and uh yeah, and then I I, I was done, and uh, it really does... I, I will say, it really has a very Star Wars vibe to it, like, all over, oh, yeah. especially yeah. that end sequence where you're escaping, and, like, that. I posted a, a screenshot on Miiverse of the, um, the R-Wing shooting out the top as kind of fire explodes behind you, and I was like, Death Star much? Like, pretty much mm-hmm. like the end of Return of the Jedi happening here with the Falcon flying out the Death Star um, and it exploding behind you, so uh th- those kind of things were, were interesting um and uh i'm glad i just finished it really um cool. this has really given me a new perspective on Star Fox and made me think that like i should probably save my money on Star Fox zero and not bother with it and like let you take the hit on that one <laughs> and maybe borrow it from you later because yeah. honestly like i don't feel like i am good enough or invested enough to go for that game. Plus, there's a lot of like shortcomings that I think we're afraid of with Star Fox Zero anyway, so...
1: Yeah, I I, I would definitely say um, I don't see why Star Fox Zero will be any easier than this game. No. And certainly there were a lot of levels you missed um, that do some really interesting stuff, for sure. Sure. But they are definitely considerably more challenging. Um, and I, I don't see why Star Fox Zero would be any easier and i think it will try to replicate that uh challenge um, obviously with its new control scheme which is quite controversial um but yeah no i i i do like star fox 64 quite a bit it, it didn't make my top 10 games it didn't that came i can't even say it top 10 games <laughs> that did, uh, of the year that didn't come out this year um from yeah. last year if that makes sense um, <laughs> But yeah, I, ha, as someone who has played a number of the Star Wars games, from Rebel Strike, Rogue Squadron, uh, Battle for Naboo, back on the N64, I, I, I am a big fan of those sort of space shooters, um, especially in the Star Wars space. So yeah, yeah. I, I had a, had I had had a bit of practice, and I can appreciate that that gives you a right upper hand in a game like Star Fox. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still excited about Zeros, but I can I, I appreciate your um, um, your, your your struggles with this game considering um how i've seen you handle previous um, uh-huh. space, space shooters um certainly yeah. in co-op and multiplayer and things like that yeah,
0: I will, I will say, like, I don't really know how to feel about the system, how it splits between different paths. I because don't on the one like hand it. I don't yeah, like on, the, on the one hand, it's cool if you're bad at the game, because you can still beat it, even if you suck. <laughs> um, That's true. On the other hand, I just don't feel it respects your time. Like... It, If you want to see all the content in this game, there is just a lot of going through stuff you've already seen that's more like going through the motions than enjoying it, in my opinion, you know? Like, you have to play that first level every time, no matter what. There's no option to skip through it and do something else. Like, if you want to see different content, you have to do it. And then, like, if for some reason you fuck up on one level uh, and you're really deep into the run and in order to see the level after it, you have to successfully pull off a certain thing then you're fucked like the run is done and you have to go back through and play all that stuff over again and i was looking at the leaderboard and it said you played through it like eight times which i i'm sure like if you did it perfectly there's no way you're going eight times to see every level so you must have had some problems there with you know making it to the right level at the right time
1: yeah um i played especially that first level i played an absolute ton because as you said you have to start on it every time um yeah, I think that's a big flaw with this game is because I was trying to play every level and as a result, there are certain levels that you play, replay an absolute ton. Um, and yeah. Obviously, you have to defeat those levels in different ways each time. Um, but it's still quite frustrating, and like I said my main gripe with this game at the time, and this is the same gripe I have with like Super Mario World. Um, it's secret exits and diverging paths. I just, I'm just not a fan. I hate the idea that you either have to bang your head up against a brick wall, working out where the secret exit is, or how to get a certain um, end of level goal. Um, I because it just in this day and age you know you want to just look it up online and find out how, right. you, how you get to that level um, and so, i feel like yeah. back
0: then people just waited for magazine strategy guides anyway right so like a yeah, lot of people so... i don't imagine were figuring the shit out on their own you know
1: I don't like them. Present me a challenge absolutely, but don't present me a secret exit or a diverging path where I I might miss it, I might not work it out, you know. If I have to work something out, make it the main point of the game, make it the whole level um and i'm worried that i am worried that Star Fox 0 is going to replicate the alternate exits um because they're just yeah. they're a bit frustrating i've, I've also they, they also seem to be feeds, focusing
0: on the vehicles in Star Fox 0 the different ones and i will say like the levels i played as the tank not a fan in 64 i did not like those at all like that was kind of my breaking point with that one boss was a tank level there's also a submarine you missed out on though and, oh, really? Uh, yeah, okay. Well, summer. I'm kind
1: of glad that I didn't play that because I'm sure that would have gone horribly. <laughs> it's, it's, um. a cool, it's a cool level. But um, I know I, I, I'm I okay about them mixing up the vehicles because the little that I've played of, you know, the Chicken Walker and all that, is, look, it looks quite cool. But I agree the tank yeah. levels aren't much fun sure There's a, really a, t- a really tough tank level actually that you missed out That is really well did good
0: i'm glad i never have to do that <laughs> so uh anyway that's Star Fox 64 uh certainly not going to be making any of my top lists as you could probably tell but uh hey i've played it now so at least i have a a, a reason to have a cogent opinion on it um so there you go uh, the other thing that I played was a neat little game on Steam called Evoland. Uh, this is basically a two-hour RPG, but calling it an RPG is kind of weird as well because it's almost a joke. Uh, it's almost like um, a riff, as it were, on RPGs and, like, on RPG conventions. And the way that it's set up is, like, you start out and everything is black and white. And you're, like, this 2D character on a screen um and you walk left and oh walking left unlocks the ability to walk right and then you walk right and then you open the chest and it's like oh now you can scroll the screen and then you find a chest and it's like oh now you have color now you have sound effects so over the game uh, as the name uh, implies you evolve the rpg and build out elements of it um to the point where like by the end you have like action-based combat system you have an rpg like traditional turn-based thing in the overworld um you have multiple characters like everything is fully fleshed out and it's really cool because it it like gives you that experience of an rpg but in a very very condensed form um so it's it's neat uh bali you watched a little bit of uh
1: yeah um from what i saw i was like This is a really cool idea, and I think the idea that it's you know a two-hour game or so—that that's the perfect sort of length of time um, to implement an idea like that, a mechanic like that. And
0: like it doesn't outstay its welcome, basically. Like it does all it needs to, and then it's like, okay, we're done. You know, just leave.
1: And I I wish more games took a step back and you know looked at the history of games like this game does, and just sort of said, how can we approach? A game in a way that incorporates all the games before it, um, and things like that. There's too many games these days. You know they're trying to uh, push the graphics, push onto the next level. How can we make the world even bigger, better, louder, shinier, whatever? That's great, but an appreciation for you know how games have progressed up to this point, I think, is always quite refreshing in a in an oxymoronic way.
0: Um, yeah.
1: I I I really liked the the idea of that game and would definitely be up for giving it a go.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's very very cool and i i thought initially that it was just going to be kind of okay go to the next treasure chest and click it to get the next thing and that is what it is for the first maybe half an hour or so but they do start to kind of build on that and make it a bit more challenging and uh they they have some puzzles in there which are actually really interesting and like almost a zelda level of like really think about this and like figure out how to do this environmental puzzle solving um and uh you know the the combat never gets very very difficult uh right up until the very end but uh you know the, the the puzzle solving actually works and it was it was nice and satisfying um and uh yeah gave me warm fuzzy feelings inside it's, as guillaume would say it's a very charming little game <laughs> um and uh i i appreciated that i appreciated kind of the condensed nature of it and uh and it's visuals it's it's cool so uh yeah you can pick that up on steam i don't think it's anywhere else but uh it's it's worth a go evoland is the name of that so anyway uh that's pretty much the games we've been playing uh we will be back talking about that next time but for now we're going to jump right in to uh some stuff that you've sent us into the email segment so don't go anywhere we'll be right back
1: Welcome back to the show, everyone. It is time for some emails, but a very important announcement. We're getting low on emails again. So please do send all your emails to at gmail.com. That's at gmail.com. Our first email this time is from Jai. Hello, MBZ and Bally. This is Jai from Las Vegas, Nevada. My question for you is... Would you play an RPG like the Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy series on mobile? I know your disdain for mobile games has been brought up before but how about if it was an RPG? They aren't really demanding on controls and can be a pretty good hop in and hop out kind of game. I've been playing Dragon Quest 3 recently and actually find the mobile port pretty impressive although the UI could use a bit of improvement. You get the full game in the palm of your hand and can play it on the go with ease mbz had mentioned he loved uh, dragon quest 9 on ds i also wanted to ask if he'd be interested in playing 4 to 6 what's interesting is 4 in 4 to 6 is the zenith trilogy and and have been remade on ds and mobile now my question is do you think your experience would differ if you played it on mobile compared to ds would you give it a shot thanks for taking the time to answer my question cheers
0: Uh, Well, Jai, interesting question that you pose. Uh, It's a good point that, yeah, the kind of JRPG mold of kind of turn-based fights and uh, world exploration seems that it lends itself more to a mobile platform than a more action-y or platforming-based game. Um, That still doesn't necessarily mean that they're good places to play those. Um, Yes, they're possible, but I think a lot of experience with um, those type of games you want to have a bit larger of screen real estate to be working with and especially you using your fingers like going over the top of what you're looking at i find can get a bit distracting in the way of the experience whereas playing on like a handheld or even on a home console you absorb the full thing and you kind of immerse yourself i feel like rpgs are much more games that you immerse yourself in a world with um but they're totally playable
1: um as much as i have a disdain for mobile games as you say and i would highly agree with that um the few mobile games i've played have been it's very much pick up and play like very quickly and i know that you've said in your email that it's you think rpgs are kind of hop in and hop out i kind of don't feel that way about rpgs i personally like to sit down for a long time with something like a fire emblem or a xenoblade and invest a good few hours into those games because they, they, those games take so long to complete like if you if you're only going to ever hop in and hop out of them i feel it's just going to take ages to complete um so
0: yeah, you feel like you're never making progress almost because you're just like grinding through battles or whatever. So
1: precisely, and I associate, and I, I would never associate gaming on a phone long term. Like it's very much like Monument Valley, for example. It's pick up, do a few levels. Oh, that's the end of my bus journey or whatever. Put my phone away and get on with my day. I don't really associate that style of gaming with RPGs and the bottom line is I would way rather sit down with a gamepad or my 3DS or something. And I'm still a big fan of buttons. But, like, I just... There's a number of reasons I just can't see myself playing RPGs in a mobile environment. But, I mean, having said that, the number of people I know who aren't into video games at all but used to play, you know, Pokemon Gen 1, Red, Blue, Yellow, growing up, and now... On their phones, they've downloaded some sort of emulator, and they will be playing Pokemon Gen One with like. Um what do you call them uh digital virtual buttons virtual buttons precisely touchscreen virtual buttons is i I know a handful of people who have done that and have definitely invested a lot of time into a mobile game rpg in that sense so i i think it it can work for people but i'm definitely not personally uh, a fan of it
0: no yeah i i agree i think that if you're going to make an rpg for mobile you should make it for the ground up for that system Uh, these dragon quest games are great and all but they were originally built for console they're originally built for physical buttons for a design that you know uh, was associated with that and as such porting them over to the system just means you have to get over you have to basically recreate the ui to fit to that platform whereas if you built it from the ground up as a rpg that took advantage of all the things that a phone does well then it would be much more successful and i think there are some like that though not that many a lot of them are kind of they they have like match three elements or they have like different things you throw in there to make it fit more to the system like there are these big games in japan like monster strike and all these other things that a lot of people uh put loads of time into and invest in. I know Drew Scanlon from Giant Bomb has played quite a few of these style games and they're not traditional RPGs in the same sense of exploring a world and stuff, but they have battle mechanics and they have all that kind of thing. Um and I'm personally not really interested in that sort of stuff. So if I'm gonna play an RPG I'm gonna play it on a console and if I'm not gonna play a mobile one, then I guess uh yeah, it's, it's just never gonna happen for me. But um he does also ask about uh me being interested in playing other Dragon Quest games and uh, we're going to talk about later on the podcast uh, Nintendo announced that Dragon Quest 7 and 8 are coming to 3DS which I'm really excited about because I've been wanting to play those for a while Um, but four and six are also on the original ds and i've actually been eyeing those for a while and thinking mm, maybe i'll play one of those i think i have uh i have access to dragon quest six on ds um so that might be one i jump into next year and see how that does with me but um yeah i'm I'm certainly willing to give them a shot and i want to expand my dragon quest horizons so uh that will happen i'm sure in the near future and bali when he beats all the games that he has lined up will probably eventually play
1: a Final Fantasy or a oh, yeah, Quest yeah. game. Need to expand my time. RPG horizons. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> um, slightly shorter email segment uh, this week as we want to cover so much um, with the Direct. So just one more email um, from Tho. Hi, Bally and MBZ. I recently finished Dark Souls, which is widely known as quite a difficult game. I still had a lot of fun with it, though, and it's easily ex- easily a strong contender for my favorite game that I played this year that didn't actually come out this year, List. Anyway, my question is what do you guys think of difficulty in games and what are your experiences with difficulty in games? Thanks for the awesome podcast and keep up the good work.
0: Uh, Well, though, I appreciate the callback to uh, our list uh, from last year for our favourite games that we played that year that didn't actually come out this year,
1: which I think is... Which we're going to be doing
0: again. Yeah, we are going to be doing again and we're going to carry that forward as a tradition as we go through uh, with this podcast. Um, But yeah, a lot of people... Come to games like Dark Souls, maybe apprehensive about them, and then really end up enjoying them because the satisfaction of beating something that, that is that difficult is immense. And I think that, you know, is a big deal for a lot of people. Uh, where do you fall on the side of difficulty, Bally? Do you like things to be challenging uh, that, so that you can overcome them and feel satisfied at the end? Uh, how have you down on it?
1: I'm sort of. <laughs> my weakness is my strength now what i mean by this is i feel that whatever's put in front of me whether it's easy or difficult i have to get past and that's my weakness my weakness is i have to get past it and so i am very bad and guilty for just ramming my head up against a brick wall on very difficult games um I'm trying to think of an example, like getting a perfect in every single Pilot Wings mission, or something. Um, or I'm trying to think of what well, some difficult games I've completed, like 2D platformers. We're talking about Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Definitely, the the end of that game is very difficult. Um, and yeah, I I like I I don't feel any less or more satisfied completing a game that's necessarily that much more challenging. Um, I definitely agree that. If if a game is overly easy and I complete it, I don't feel a great deal of satisfaction. But then again, the satisfaction can be built up um, through other game elements like story or something like that. So a game that's quite weak on story, like Tropical Freeze, for example, uh, I feel that if it was a bit too easy, it might not be that satisfying. But the fact that it's mechanically a difficult game and that that's almost the crux, the the sort of fulcrum of the whole point of that game is the difficulty in getting past some really tough 2D levels. Uh, I feel that, yeah, when you do complete that game, it is really satisfying, but... Um the, the, like i was saying there's definitely games i've played that have better story like I don't, I don't think the zelda games in general are that difficult um i think link between worlds for no, example, is a very easy zelda but it's incredibly satisfying because there's some really awesome puzzles um i think that game's got quite a strong story um even if it's quite a short and um very few cutscenes to make up that story i think that games can excel in more than just difficulty so the satisfaction you get out of them isn't just difficulty it's definitely to do with story and other elements Um, so yes I do get satisfaction um, but I'm also very guilty of ramming my head up against a brick wall um, regardless regardless of the difficulty
0: Yeah I think it's interesting to make note that Nintendo games generally don't give you a difficulty option in the sense that a lot of other games have like easy normal hard that kind of like uh, designation before you even start being like okay how do you want to play this what kind of challenge level do you want to be given um i do find it interesting that nintendo generally just don't put that in their uh, experiences um and if they do it's more of a determined by how good you are like for example in starfox uh where if you're good then you will inevitably go down the more difficult path because you're able to get through it and if you're bad then it will just force you down uh, an easier one um it's I, I don't know if you have any experience like going into a game and choosing from normal difficult uh, or, or
1: easy uh, i'm certainly working my way through fire emblem and i picked the easier option that's right yeah that is um, one and yep, it's true. That's an interesting game. And I was going to come up with another example in a second. But Fire Emblem is an interesting game where the mechanics are very satisfying and it can get incredibly difficult. Um, but on top of that, I think it has got a relatively strong uh, story. Uh, so I think merging different elements that can satisfy you in games is important. And the example I wanted to mention, which I think does this, incredibly well it's an incredibly challenging game but also has an incredibly interesting story is metroid prime on the gamecube like i I, mm. I i've come away from few games more so than that and just having such a fulfilled complete experience when i completed that game i I felt incredibly satisfied because it's so difficult but i felt incredibly satisfied because it was such an interesting world to explore and such an interesting story like going through samus's history experiencing the relationship with the chozo and characters like ridley so it's just when all of these boxes are ticked it makes the perfect game Um, and difficulty like you say though is definitely an important part of um ticking all those boxes and making in theory the perfect game
0: yeah i think generally games should try and pitch their difficulty uh to what they're trying to go for um and i have had experiences where you know i i really dislike a game because it ends up being too difficult for its own good and likewise i think that some games kind of cruise along and don't have enough of a difficulty but i don't feel like i put them down for that you know i feel like i still enjoy them regardless and then you have experiences like with persona where i i knew that that game for me was totally going to be a hundred percent character and plot and dialogue and voice acting and all these elements that weren't necessarily mechanically driven uh, in terms of the battle system so I played it on easy and that was one of the best experiences I had because I didn't end up grinding forever I took part in all the things that I wanted to take part in and even by the time I got to the end of the game I still found the final boss challenging because I hadn't been going back and leveling up uh, all the time and I had just been kind of progressing naturally so though it was on easy i still had a decent challenge to finish it off um and wasn't kind of just steamrolling Mm. all the time um so it, it it works out well i also think that more games should allow you to change difficulty in kind of midway through the experience so for example witcher 3 um you can change the difficulty whenever you want in that game and I think some people tended to get over leveled and eventually found that they were just slaughtering people and just making a beeline through all the combat. Um, and they upped their difficulty, and suddenly it starts becoming a lot more challenging, and you're much more focused and all that stuff. Uh, I didn't end up doing that. I kind of uh, was fine playing on normal, but I do think there are a lot of people who have that experience. And then very recently. A couple of nights ago uh, i was fighting what is kind of the last boss of metal gear solid 5 although that game is weird in so many ways so it's not really the final thing you do but i was fighting it and it is just incredibly like intense and you really have to focus and it is pretty tough i'd add quite a lot on it but the feeling of satisfaction when you have kind of gone through this this really tough thing and come out of the other side and kind of just barely hanging by a thread but you manage to kind of clutch out in the end that is a really satisfying feeling um and i think that is you know what a lot of people take out of games like dark souls so there is value to be found in all levels of
1: difficulty and i kind of
0: just go with yeah, the flow you know whatever I, I definitely uh, agree. pitches itself
1: go with the flow um Like I already said, I didn't enjoy Link Between Worlds any less because it was easy because... That's just the way the game was designed, and it excelled in other areas. Exactly. Um, and likewise, True. a game like Metroid Prime is really hard, and that game works well for being really hard. And maybe that game might be lesser if it was a bit too easy. But who knows? Because that wasn't the way it was envisi- envisaged. Envisaged? Envisioned? Yes. I can't even think of the words. But both! Both. both, Envisaged envisioned and envisioned. And envisioned. <laughs> um, so, Yeah. It, horses for courses uh but i'm open to i'm open to a tough game i'm open to an easy game but um i'm not i'm not that fussed so yeah awesome. that's a couple of emails for this week but yeah as we said before we are running out so do send all your emails to this nintendo life at com. this nintendo life at gmail.com um Join us after the break where we will be diving into the Nintendo Direct to talk about all the news and the happenings, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Direct. <laughs>
0: Alright everyone, welcome back to the final part of the show. Uh, This week, we were granted from the heavens a Nintendo Direct. Uh, We'd been waiting on one for a long time, Uh, obviously since the passing of Iwata. They had taken a back seat and tried to figure things out, but... um, they did say uh, i believe it was in a uh, financial uh, investor briefing that nintendo directs were going to return and that we would get at least one before the end of the year and that they they were going to basically revise them for next year and change it then but um we've got more of a traditional one here in the sense that uh europe was presented by shibata and uh, the north american one presented by reggie and bill and i think morimoto who had done directs previously in japan uh, was doing their one so uh, we're pretty much set here to talk about things that happened uh it was a pretty good direct i thought bally uh what were your uh overall thoughts on how this nintendo direct spanned out
1: i think overall it was definitely amazing based on there just being loads of smaller things with a couple of bigger things uh, and that those always create the best directs when there's loads of little announcements as well as the big ones
0: yeah, absolutely. I think it more catered to a person who owns like a lot of the games that Nintendo has put out this year. Um, you know, announcements that tie into Splatoon and Mario Maker and even Triforce Heroes and you know so if you own those games, a lot of this stuff is kind of free extra that yeah. you don't need to pay for, that you're just getting no matter what. And and that's good. That's good for people who are already in the ecosystem. I guess if you're an outside perspective and you don't own any system or you don't own these games, then you may look upon this direct as not as impressive. Uh, but I think the inclusion of those
1: kind of things certainly makes it more appetizing for the Nintendo fan. But um, before we start all those announcements, the very first thing they led with um, was actually just a mention of... Uh, Iwata. Do, yeah, do you th- I
0: I didn't know how it went down in the uh, North American one. In the uh, European one, Shibata just said like a kind of short sentence about it, thanking the community and everything.
1: Yeah, um, North America was similar from Reggie. Um, but I was wondering, did do you, did you think that was the right the right approach for them to take? Do you think they went too light on it? Do you think it would have been inappropriate if they'd done anything more?
0: Um, I think maybe if the direct had been closer to the time it would have been better for them to maybe dedicate a segment or something like that to it but um it has been just i think five months now maybe quite a bit longer than that um i think like they have done other things uh like over social media and um i i I kind of feel like they don't really know how to address it in a way that isn't like over the top or anything uh so i felt like it was appropriate but um yeah, maybe just because of the timing, uh, more than anything.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think it was it was heartfelt. It was short, um, but it was it was suitable for the scenario, and it was almost sort of like it was sad. It has happened, but now we need to get to the core of like what we're here to do, which is to present all our new games and all this sort of thing.
0: Yeah, life moves on, as they say. And uh, it it moved on at a hell of a pace. Uh, Shibata Whoa. basically just dropped uh, the Twilight Princess HD rumor and set it to rest, uh, being like, yes, it is happening, Twilight Princess HD exists and uh, it is coming out next year, uh, March 4th 2016 is when it's coming out uh, We're going to get an Amiibo bundle with it which also comes with a soundtrack, the Amiibo I kind of exclaimed very quickly in my reaction that I was like "Oh, I want that Amiibo and then I realised what I said and I was like, oh no, what have I done I think, to myself I think that I... you
1: can say that about almost any Amiibo that initially it's like, oh, I, I, I need that but then you just you, you calm down, you get off Amazon uh, you, you you think about your wallet and you think i'm just i'm not going to buy it there's just no need it's not going to further my enjoyment of this game
0: yeah it's it's like i could buy this wolf link amiibo or i could buy Steamworld heist and i think a video game is probably better than a piece of plastic you know so yeah. i it looks it's really a good, good. Looking amiibo, it's a good looking yeah.
1: amiibo but um enough about amiibo what did you think of the game well, to
0: be honest, I wasn't very impressed Same. by what we saw of Twilight Princess HD. I, it may have been initially the stream, because for some reason it was messed up and it was streaming on medium quality to me. Um, it looked better when I put it to source, and then like I could see that it was a bit crisper, but if I'm honest, it really just looked like Twilight Princess in a Dolphin emulator upscaled. Like... It doesn't Hmm. seem to have the same level of polish as Wind Waker had on it. And you could argue maybe because Wind Waker already looked so great that it was going to look better regardless. But I think that they're working with a second party here. It's not an internally developed remake. And so maybe there is less of a quality bar that's being adhered to here. I'm not sure. It's just it wasn't impressing me that much, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I agree. It kind of... I looked at the footage and I thought, right when are they going to do the HD comparison? And, then, uh, and yeah. then they're like, oh, he's kind of talking about this footage like it is HD. I guess it is HD. And then I think it's very harsh to judge games sort of out of engine, as it were, or not, you know, coming out of a Wii U, looking at them through right, a screen. Right, absolutely. Things look
0: way better on the actual console than they
1: do uh, stream through the internet. Um, even, even if you get a video of, you know, Mario Kart, 60 FPS, 1080p, there's something about the game coming directly from your Wii U to your TV screen that's just ever so slightly crisper. So I don't want to prejudge it in that sense, but I I think the Wind Waker HD comparison is is very valid because I... I like they they redid stuff like skyboxes in that game and they actually redesigned rather than just crisping up elements of that game um, right they
0: added things like the swift sail and yeah, they made well. the last trifle search quest a lot more manageable and like they actually tightened up aspects of that game now they haven't actually said anything about whether they've changed aspects of twilight princess or not but i think a lot of people complain about that opening section about how it takes far too long to get anywhere in the game um and a lot of people obviously have complaints about the wolf sections um but i i wonder what kind of level of a remake this is because at the moment what it's saying to me is this is like your standard kind of what sony do which is like just make it look nicer and don't really change anything about it and just basically port it
1: essentially yeah and i think between now and march there's potentially space for another direct where they include a lot more info about um additional things they might do to the game like changing those wolf elements in some way or something like that i'm I'm sure there will be a swift sail equivalent or something
0: i hope so i certainly hope so because i as much as i love twilight princess i can appreciate its flaws and um it would be cool to get a more streamlined experience of that game um because as we've mentioned before it has like some of the best content in terms of dungeons in that entire series so uh yeah but uh, i'm ex- i'm interested and will probably end up buying it because
1: oh I yeah like twilight i'm gonna princess get it i'm gonna get it but i mean as excited when was the last time you played twilight princess at launch i guess See, I took a very, very long time to complete that game. I like I did the first few dungeons, waited a very long time, then came back to it. So yeah, that was the last time I played it. I w- I, I, I've always been meaning to like go back and play Zelda's like this, and game re-releases like this HD remake it just helped me um, do that, because I'm sure I will pick it up and yeah, play yeah. it again. It's well... a great game
0: they also mentioned a thing about the amiibo uh, that it would work with another game and that game is the new Legend of Zelda game on Wii U that everyone is hotly anticipating um, and uh, obviously after Twilight Princess ended they, it was kind of a nice transition because you saw Link uh, riding across the uh, the cliffs uh, of part of Hyrule Field and Twilight Princess mm-hmm. and it just segued like smoothly into the new Zelda and him riding across this grassy field which just looks so gorgeous uh Mm -hmm. about 10 seconds of footage bali that's all we have give me your opinions on this 10 seconds
1: it kind of super it it outdid the um twilight princess announcement in many ways for me it was kind of despite having so much less to go on i know and it's it's so fanboyish to say this but it was just so incredible uh and I, i would argue we saw him in like an uh with his hood up, it's like it's like a new look. Uh, I, don't I, think... I think
0: he has had his hood up before, oh, and uh,
1: in, in some parts of the footage, yeah. But I think that art style is growing on me more and more. How it's like this very, it's almost like a cl- very clean, cell shaded. But less cell shaded than Wind Waker. It's very hard to describe, but I mean, it's, it's such a
0: beautiful. Like, the way that they've animated, like, each individual blade of grass and the way that it moves while the horse goes through the field is just astounding. Mm. Like, it's. The visual fidelity here is is great, and I think it's more to do with the art than anything else. Like, it'll probably look nice from, uh, you know, the technical side, but I think the art is what is going to be holding it up.
1: And it was. Quite reassuring that there was a big 2016 sort of letters numbers appeared on 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 top of the the trailer. Yeah, I say trailer. Ten seconds of footage. Uh-huh, yeah, um, I can't really at, call And so, and then following that, Shabata then went on to say, "It's going to be the 30th year anniversary of the Legend of Zelda." So they've they've really kind of signed themselves up to release this game in 2016 on the 30th anniversary of The Legends of Zelda. No ifs, no buts. It has to be that year.
0: And it is definitely coming out on Wii U, as they continue to say. It is a Wii U game. So... It may still be out on NX, who knows? But it is definitely... There is going to be a Wii U version of this game at the very least. So I guess that puts to rest some concerns that maybe some people have. And
1: then even more Zelda announcements.
0: Uh, Yeah, they did. They continued on with uh, the Zelda train, uh, as we segue, to Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass, both available on the virtual console. Um, Buy one, get one half price as well, which is neat, uh, because those games kind of go together in a little package. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, I... Really, these are great Zelda games. Um, I've barely played a Zelda game I don't like. These aren't perhaps my favourite Zelda games, but they're 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 super original. They're they 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 definitely fit together. They're nothing like the other Zeldas, I would argue. Um, I definitely prefer spirit tracks. I think there are quite a few mechanical issues with the uh Temple of the Ocean King in Phantom Hourglass. Um, yeah, yeah, but that i would still recommend playing phantom hourglass it is a fantastic game some really innovative uh weapons and the way you use those weapons obviously with the touch screen and everything so if you haven't played either of those games i would strongly recommend it and we were just saying um MBZ that playing these games on the gamepad with the the system that nintendo have gone for with the ds games on the wii u like it it, it could work really well really nicely
0: yeah because you just have basically the map screen on the top so on the tv you could have that and then just focus your attention on the gamepad um for the touch based stuff which you know uh that's how they designed it and uh it seems like this, like because a lot of ds games rely on having those two screens being looked at, at the same time and i think phantom hourglass and spirit tracks are two which don't necessarily need you to do that um so yeah. it works well uh, and uh, and we're also getting an update for the most recent Zelda game, Triforce Heroes, which uh, we talked about last week, and uh, is uh, adding a bunch of new levels uh, called The Den of Trials, uh, which to me kind of sounded like um, the Cave of Ordeals from other Zelda games, in that you know, mm-hmm. you're going down, down, killing enemies, and apparently you have to defeat every enemy in a level to move on. There are some checkpoints, but a um, bunch of new content, a bunch of new levels, uh, which is good fun because uh we kind of went through all of those levels and enjoyed our time uh we're not really going back for more of it but uh yeah extra stuff is always great and it's free so
1: yeah i think this would be like a really cool thing to do when it comes out or maybe a bit after it comes out where we could go back get a third player obviously and just go for it and like just experience a bit more new free content which is always always nice and that's coming for the end of the year that's December 3rd um, which is the day before
0: Xenoblade so I'm not sure we'll get to it straight away but uh, maybe yeah. eventually um, they also uh, are adding a couple new outfits uh, there's going to be a Linebeck outfit nice tie in to uh, Phantom Hourglass uh, there uh, with Lionbeck, and um, uh, he his ability is going to see, be able to see what items are inside the chests at the end of the levels, and if you play Triforce Heroes, you know that it's kind of crucial if you want to get all these outfits to get the different materials, and because it's a blind box at the end most of the time, you're kind of relying on luck. Um, if you have this outfit, you can... Prejudge what's in the the chest and just go for it. Uh, that that is granted that you get there before the other players, but it,
1: it you also know. means if you're not wearing the lineback outfit and you get to the end of the level, and someone else on your in your tri, triforce is um is wearing the lineback outfit, then they're just going to sprint ahead get the best item and no matter how hard you try you're going to end up with the worst item. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of, it's it's almost it's it's completely game changing in terms of grinding for those items.
0: Yeah, it certainly will help people doing that. Uh they also announced a fierce deity outfit which looks so cool because the fierce deity link is like one of the most awesome incarnations of him uh, generally I feel and mm-hmm. uh that uh allows you to short, shoot like four different laser beams in different directions. Uh looks pretty pretty great. So uh, for people who are still uh, chugging away on Triforce Heroes, some good stuff coming in the future. Um, but enough of that. We're going to move straight on into some RPG goodness, uh, or should I say, not so goodness, in my opinion. Which is Mario and Luigi Paper Jam Brothers. Now they spent a long time talking about this game on the European Direct. Uh, they had a bunch of like footage with Shibata explaining stuff over the top of it, and then they had like a minute and a half trailer after that. the fact. I hate it's like, that why? When... Why give us a trailer when you've just shown us a bunch of this stuff anyway? It's really stupid.
1: It, it really irritates me that the footage he's talking over to demonstrate aspects of the game... Is from the trailer itself, so you're seeing yeah. it twice. It just, oh, it is just feels like such a waste of time. Um, yeah, plus it it's not, a waste of time. I think it, it, it aggravates us even more when it's a game we're not that excited about, like this.
0: Yeah, more. and it feels like North America do a much better job padding out the dead air where you have the skit stuff with Reggie and Bill, and it's like it's a funny comedic thing that. The European direct kind of lacks, unfortunately. I think they've had it before in the past, like when Shibata's is dressed up as Professor Layton, and there's some really fun stuff that he does, dressed up as Phoenix Wright as well. Mm. And um, but unfortunately, that stuff is is not as uh, pronounced as it is uh, in the North American one. So, um, they announced a bunch of amiibo stuff that works with Mario Luigi Paper Jam Brothers. It's coming out December 4th, same day as Xenoblade. Uh, I'm not going to be getting this. I'm going to see what the reviews say. Maybe I'll pick it up cheap at some point in the future, but I have been burned so hard by the last Paper Mario game and the last Mario Luigi game. They're, neither of them hit the spot for me, so... Uh, I wouldn't advise. Th- this is a good place to jump in for people who haven't played the series yet. I'd say go back to like Superstar Saga or something like that, or even Paper Mario on N64. Because uh, yeah, the series kind of gone downhill uh, for both of them, unfortunately. Um, so uh, after that, we had some Splatoon announcements. Now, Bali, uh, what were your thoughts on this stuff? Because I felt like there should have been a bit more Splatoon announced as opposed to just a couple new maps.
1: I think they've almost spoilt us in a way where they've announced so many weapons and so many maps that it's kind of not quite revolutionary enough to just announce even more maps and even more weapons. It's just an expected
0: thing because usually the PR just comes out and is like, oh, by the way, there's a new map available tomorrow. You can play it. Whereas this is like they spent a really long time doing a whole trailer, showing it off, and I expected there to be something more substantial, but then they were just like, oh, no, it's just two more maps. And hey, there's more gear as well, which is great. And you know, Splatoon keeps getting better and better every every time they add stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I was thinking there could have been something a bit more, yeah, more it's just bone.
1: either different playable characters, uh, more single player DLC, more g- multiplayer game modes, just any one of those three. Just a little needed a little cherry on top. Although I'm still excited to try out these new. Um what do you call them stages maps, maps. map packs yeah and um <laughs> and weapons yeah
0: cool uh yeah we uh I, I i'm sure that there will be some paid dlc in the future for splatoon that seems like something next year is going to happen especially because with Wii U's lineup being sparse as it is like their their continued support of games like this mario maker and smash are going to be kind of the struts that hold wii u up uh in its kind of probable final year uh, hmm. in 2016 so uh, i'm sure we'll see more of that in the future uh but we move from one uh, game they're updating to another and that is mario maker they mentioned uh, that the update had come out and uh, people are enjoying it uh, and they decided that they were going to finally implement uh, a search system to the game and we had an email about this was it on last episode Bali? Uh, about uh, the Mario Maker search options um, which was interesting that we got some kind of insight as to how that works and maybe it has something to do with the game itself and the way it's built because this browser is not built into the game it's only available on PCs and phones and stuff in an internet browser Uh, what Hmm. what are your
1: thoughts on on their implementation here Bali? it's a bit strange I don't know it's exciting I think it's it's quite a cool idea that you can be away from a Wii U um, out and about at work or something and be like oh let's have a little browse at what I could play on Mario Maker uh, later Uh, I think that's a really cool idea and the search options did seem far far improved to what they currently are which is really important I I do think it's a little strange if that up there isn't an update that helps improve the search options within the game because i think i'm sure the majority of players will still just turn on their wii u and look for their mario maker levels through the game itself um and this might only appeal to a a minority who are really keen to you know push the boat out in terms of searching for the more unusual levels
0: it really just it adds a layer of abstraction that makes it not as impressive in the sense that when you're looking up a level it will most likely just give you a code and then you still have to go to your gamepad and you still have to type in a code to get to the level whereas if it was built into the system you could just search and then just play the level you know there's no code inputting or anything like that Um, no, I is... thought I
1: thought there was some sort of list you could create from the the browser where really it would, yes, it would make a list and then you'd be able to access that list. So so you would have to like
0: sign in with your Nintendo Network ID and then yes. maybe star a level or like add it to like a list it's... that you could curate later.
1: Yeah, it's basically a list, and you can definitely access that list on your Wii U okay well
0: if it doesn't work like that then that's certainly better than i expected um and uh it would be nice because then you can filter out like i don't want to see any water levels i want to focus on you know the super mario world art style i want to see like a fire level and uh, go with these items and that kind of thing so yeah. narrowing down that stuff and being specific about it is uh is great and um yeah uh, I'm sure that game has a long tail ahead of it, so we will continue playing it and uh, following it uh, closely. Um, next up, uh, just a bit more Xenoblade. Uh, the European Direct had a really hilarious trailer. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. <laughs> um, I'm not, the, the North American one, I think, showed off a bit more of like the voice acting and was a bit more grand in scale and epic. Um, interesting that there's kind of this uh, distinction between the two because... Like as we have, as we have known for a while, there are a lot of differences between the North American and European directs. But um, the fact that they showed completely different trailers for this game is is kind of interesting.
1: Um, yeah, I, it's just it, the Xenoblade hype has been going on for a very long time now. It's, and... it's
0: almost kind of can we just get it you know i just yeah. i don't want to see any more i've seen it for fucking like three years now <laughs> yeah, and i'm i'm ready like i am so ready for this uh yeah. please
1: just be done you know it's it's exciting and they obviously had to mention it i guess just to remind people yeah remember to buy this thing that's coming out remember because there's not much coming out and we U, to so make sure you buy mm-hmm. this one thing that is coming out so yeah no I, i'm hyped and it, it was, and it was a okay trailer it was good fun
0: yeah um, they're also doing special editions for that. I think there's a Wii U bundle for Xenoblade you can get. Um, and uh, I don't know what's in the limited edition. I feel like probably just an art book or some nonsense. Actually, I think there's a steel book that comes with it. <laughs> a hard it drive for your Wii U. <laughs> yeah, you actually, you would need that because of all the data packages you need to download to make that game load properly. So... Uh, i'm sure that that is a thing uh that uh you know people will be going out and buying i'm actually kind of preparing to buy one myself uh in preparation for xenoblade so we'll see how that goes um moving on from that uh into the less interesting territory we got three quick hits here we got uh animal crossing ami- ami- amiibo party mario tennis ultra smash and new style boutique uh kind of just showcased in their own kind of mini trailers I feel like these are three of the games that we have the least interest of (laughs) any Wii U game, by a long way. Yeah, Um, I'm glad they didn't spend too much time on them because, really, they they don't deserve it. Like, it's how crazy is it that this holiday is being bolstered by a fucking Animal Crossing amiibo party game and a Mario Tennis that is like the least innovative thing I've seen in in a while? Yeah,
1: and I mean, I think the crowd who watch Nintendo Directs aren't interested in those games and i think nintendo know that and they know that those three games will appeal to people who won't be watching the direct so there's no need to mention them too much in the direct even if some of them especially amiibo party i reckon sell quite well yeah i i hope it
0: doesn't i saw a tweet uh earlier i think it was yesterday from neil ronahan from nintendo world report uh kind of talking about they were live streaming some stuff and he said uh that they'd moved on from amiibo party because it was such a sad state of affairs that <laughs> they just couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't handle it anymore. So yeah. I don't have amount of faith in that at all. Um, yeah. So, um, then we got into some real cool indie stuff from, yes. uh, my main man, Ed, uh, or as we're going to call him, Pokemon Ed from now on. <laughs> um, Pocket. he, uh, he uh, gave us some new trailers for uh, three uh, indie games. Uh, one of them is Typo Man, which is coming out on November 19th, uh, which I think if yeah, this goes out the week of uh, of that coming out, so that'll be out uh, the Thursday. Um, Bally, you played uh, the demo of this uh, during the Nindies thing during E3, and you uh, thought yeah, it was quite cool.
1: It's cool. Um, if I had less on my plate, I'd definitely consider picking it up. Um, I think that... <laughs> innovation does need to be rewarded in this industry and yes. I do hope that that game does quite well because it is innovation embodied it is just so yeah. impressive some of the ideas that they came up with in, with that game
0: cool so uh, yeah maybe uh, in the future we'll play that uh, but also in December we've got two big hitters one uh, that I think you're in for and one that we're, I'm totally yes, in for we're
1: going we're to um... split them
0: yeah i guess so uh so fast racing neo uh uh basically answer to the fact that there's no f zero on any nintendo console and hasn't been for a while uh this game looks fucking rad like it looks like it runs incredibly well it has four player split screen it has online it seems like a fully functional featured future racing game and uh it is coming out yeah sometime in december and i know bali that you're very interested in it
1: yeah, I'm I've I think I'm I'm decided. I think I'm gonna pick up this and Xenoblade X uh before the end of the year. They're gonna be my, my little Christmas presents to myself.
0: Yes, yeah, indeed. Um so yeah, I look forward to hearing your impression of that one. Uh whereas I will be playing Steamworld Heist uh, which is the kind of 2d uh, strategy game from image and form the guys who made SteamWorld dig a uh, game that we've both played and both really enjoyed um, and i'm I'm really happy that they've done something else and they've they've gone into a different genre and uh, uh, breaking new boundaries so uh, interested in that one and that comes out sometime in december as well uh, so it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a good month there you know we've got xenoblade and then we've got these two really hot indie titles so exciting stuff coming down the line uh next up they showed off nintendo badge arcade which uh, i downloaded this is the thing that's been out in japan for a while it's essentially a way for you to curate your home screen by uh getting some badges and putting them on and getting different themes to uh you know make your home screen look cool um bali you haven't downloaded this yet have you
1: no i've not um i'm a little concerned that that you do have to pay money to get more attempts at this game. Yeah, you so, do. So I think if you're really bad at it, you could be paying money to not get any badges at all.
0: Right, I think that's kind of the thing that people are criticizing is it's not paying money to get the badges, it's paying money to get an attempt to get the badges which is like i i mean they kind of explain it in the sense of like this is like an arcade like an old kind of crane game where there's no guarantee in a crane game you're kind of throwing money away and just like a crane
1: game it's a massive (laughs) ripoff yeah
0: (laughs) i I don't think it's it's too bad they're they're charging 90 pence in the uk for five tries and the first one that i did is free so you get five tries straight away and i managed to get like seven badges from it because i got all of them um they it works in the sense that like if you hit one and it kind of gets momentum it it knocks others into the pit and so you can end up getting multiple at the same time which is neat it's not like only getting one per try is is a thing so
1: And, and now that you've used your free tries is there any way for you to get more tries without paying money
0: yes there is and they basically will tell you on your home screen like you know notifications that pop up on the 3ds they'll say oh by the way you have some free tries in uh, in the badge arcade so i've heard from people in japan oh so they just
1: uh, pop up randomly
0: yeah, I've heard from people in Japan, uh, I think 8.4 was saying that they knew someone who had spent a total of like $3 uh, equivalent uh, US and ha- have over 300 badges because the majority of the time they're just using the free plays. So okay. it looks like you can amass quite a collection without spending any money,
1: which is fine. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'll not, give it, I'm I'll never going to spend money. So. I saw someone on Twitter saying that they'd won a badge of a classic Game Boy. Yeah. And they put that badge on a folder and then they put all their Game Boy games in that folder.
0: Yeah, see, stuff like that seems really cool. And that
1: made me like just feel all warm inside and kind of yeah. wanted to try it. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, after that, we uh, got back to Pokemon Ed as he talked about Pokemon Picross and Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow Virtual Console. <sighs> um, let's talk about Picross first. Uh, yeah. It's coming out early December. <laughs> it's free to play and it's Picross with Pokemon. Uh, by the way, if you don't understand why I'm saying Pokémon it's because the the guy who presented this section, uh, Ed Valiente, I think he's uh, from Europe. Uh, not from. Well, yes, he's from Europe. He's from British, the UK, but he's yeah. from Nintendo's one of Nintendo's uh, um, uh, places there, uh, and uh, he he said Pokémon every time he wanted to talk about a Pokémon game. I, I, so, I can
1: I can already see there being some sort of meme of him online saying, yeah. or like a vine of him just saying. Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's already a vine of that thing uh,
0: in the North American Direct with Reggie going, Bill! 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 Bill? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really yeah. good. Uh, good good memes coming out in Nintendo Directs. Um, but yes, uh, that Picross thing is people uh, something people will like. I don't care about Picross. Uh, whatever. The big news here is the Whoa. red, blue, and yellow, the original games, finally being released on Virtual Console, something I wasn't sure was ever going to happen. Uh, just because of the nature of how those games worked with the wireless, or not the wireless, the uh, <laughs> link cable. <laughs> the, uh, the link cable trading and battling uh, was such an integral part of them back in the day that I thought, well, they're going to have to figure out a way to re-engineer these uh, so that you can just use the wireless functionality uh, on 3DS to... To do all that stuff and they look like they figured it out because you are going to be able to uh, kind of play with other people though they haven't talked about anything regarding online and whether that will work i i highly doubt it valley
1: yeah i i agree we, we were talking about this and if they did want to implement online they'd have to create sort of some extra menus or an area within the pokemon center or something like that to differentiate local and online play so it 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 would be kind of tricky but i think in general this is a really cool announcement um i'm actually really pumped to pick up one of them and give it a go next year and i'm this is funny because i've been meaning to play pokemon y for quite a while now so i think next year i'm going to play two pokemon games i'm going to play gen 1 and gen 6
0: that's quite a jump, Bally. <laughs> quite a jump. So I can, I can, I can give
1: good feedback on the podcast to evaluate how far Pokemon has come.
0: Yeah, because people always say it never changes, but like that's that's kind of like from the furthest back to the most recent. And, yes. Uh, and you'll get a good perspective and I about never, a long time
1: change. Even though I owned Red, Blue, and Yellow i never actually finished any of those games so i'm looking crazy forward... really yeah so i'm i'm looking forward to i'll probably go for pokemon blue and get a Venusaur. that's my that's my jam that's my jam. interesting
0: all right well sounds good uh that's coming out february 27th uh 2016 which as they noted was the original release date of red and blue in uh, japan um back in the day so cool stuff uh nice to uh, remember all that and uh yeah we'll uh, we'll see how that was goes it... down i'm
1: sure it'll be a very popular release do you know what year in japan it was oh god i think it was, was it 98 19... 97 i to say imagine if it was 96 and then that would be exactly 20 years
0: bebo 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 hello this is post editing Zed in here uh pokemon red and blue in fact came out on the 27th of february 1996 in japan so it will in fact be the 20th anniversary of the series which is kind of fucking cool anyway uh back to the show bebop 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 that would be really cool yeah man i think it i'm not sure maybe it is 96 (laughs) i i can't quite remember but i think
1: i I, i'm more uh, confident on 98 actually i think you're right yeah
0: maybe maybe it was 97 who knows it's it's between that four (laughs) years we're giving ourselves a wide berth here but yeah um Anyway, uh, then move on to uh, Bali's favourite franchise, Final Fantasy. Uh, Bali, uh, Final Fantasy Explorer is here. I know you're a huge fan of the series. Uh, which <laughs> character stood out to you um, as <laughs> your favourite?
1: Don't get me started on Final Fantasy characters. We're, we'll get to that. But um, We'll get to that. Yeah, I, I'm... I'm gradually getting into RPGs and Mm -hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles X is going to be my next RPG. I'm going to try a bit more Pokemon next year, like I said, and I'd like to try, I need to play a Final Fantasy game for sure, uh, but I also feel like I need to try Earthbound and Mm -hmm. you're definitely keen that I do give Chrono Trigger a go. So. Oh, absolutely. Those are sort of my next challenges in terms of um, dipping my toe into the RPG genre cool uh
0: well anyway final fantasy explorers looks like a big mess of monster hunter meets final fantasy meets mmo (laughs) meets quite messy yeah it's i don't know it's not something that appeals to me whatsoever but hey it's coming out january 29th next year it has a ridiculous special edition bundle with a bunch of shit that people will care about because it's a jrpg and uh yeah i mean you know if you like it you like it so go ahead and buy it uh, next up we have announcement of the Mega Man Legacy Collection which I think was announced it was coming to 3DS uh, a little while ago it's actually out on multiple other platforms I, I don't know if it's on Wii U yet uh, I'm not sure if it's coming to Wii U but it's on PS4 it's on Xbox and it's on Steam um, but this one is going to come with a bunch of extra challenges that you can only unlock Bally through the magic of Amiibo mm. what a wondrous thing what a wondrous mm-hmm. thing um, so, uh, 13 extra challenges through Amiibo. There's also a gold Mega Man Amiibo, which is the tackiest looking thing oh. I've ever seen. Um, and, like, uh, Amiibo,
1: yeah. Amiibo is one level of ridiculousness, right? Mm-hmm. But, but just dunking them in gold paint <laughs> is just beyond belief. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I am sorry, like... It's almost like they're they're just uh, creating it purely
0: for the idea of a collectible. It is like a manufactured collectible, you know, in in the most egregious sense. Oh,
1: it just irritates me so much. I can't even articulate it right now, but yeah, it's just, (laughs) it's, it's, it's just dastardly for people who have an issue with collecting things, and they just yep. get they get all their all the mold, they get the exact mold for their Mega Man amiibo. They 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 cast the mold and then they dunk it in some gold paint and they sell you at oh, it's just horrible. I I really really dislike it, but that's the world we well... live in let's move on then Bali. Uh, before you uh,
0: implode with Hopefully. anger uh, anyway that's coming out February 23rd next year a uh, lot of stuff coming out in February seems like kind of a packed month especially for 3DS stuff so um, I'm sure different things for different folks um, uh, next up was Pokken tournament or Pokken tournament as uh, Ed was saying uh, it comes with a Shadow Mewtwo amiibo card there was a trailer where Lucario was punching uh, Shadow Mewtwo and it looked like Dragon Ball Z who um, is
1: Shadow Mewtwo is this I a don't fucking character? know Bali. Is Apparently, this a new Pokemon? I, like they
0: haven't said anything about this being in a, a mainline game at all. It's just in Pokémon to- Pokémon Tournament right now. Um okay. So I don't know. Maybe they'll announce it as part of Pokémon Z. I, who fucking who knows anymore? About it? Pokémon's just weird. It
1: continues to. get... I think really. this game's looking kind of cool.
0: It is. Yeah. It's, it it looks neat. It's very different. Like it's not your traditional fighting game in the sense that like it's it's got a 3d arena you run around but then like when you get in close it kind of switches to a 2d perspective it's a hard one to describe and it's a hard one to get your head around but it certainly seems like a, a neat thing to have for spring of 2016 when there's really
1: not going to be much else on wii u it, it could be the big may online multiplayer game that has been it, totally case... yes it could be in the splatoon slot absolutely the splatoon uh, that Mario would be smart. kart slot definitely
0: yeah cool uh then we had another look at Star Fox zero which now has a release date for april of next year i think it's confirmed as the 22nd in north america in europe they did not give us a date they just said april 2016 so um, weird that is just so weird it is but it could mean that we're getting it earlier we don't know like what that means uh, honestly so okay. uh we'll see but uh, hey got a new look at the vehicles i didn't get to see this that much because my stream actually cut out during this section uh, bali what did you think of the new footage of Star Fox zero
1: i they didn't feel like there was much new i, I he, the way that shibata was describing it all it was like we had never seen it before it was like look at these vehicles look at these things it's like well yes you showed us all this at e3 like show us some new stuff or nothing at all like i just they do repeat themselves quite a lot sometimes in these and it's quite frustrating but i, I guess that's life
0: a lot of people have been saying they think it looks better visually than before do you Mm. agree with those people Bally?
1: I think it was just some artier camera angles to be brutally honest I think it was a very well edited uh, trailer I'll give them that but I don't think it's visually looking much better
0: no, looks exactly the same to me, so I have no idea what the hell people are going on about. It's um, still ve- very unimpressive visually, unfortunately, um, and I don't even know if I'm going to buy this game, Bally, after you've heard my thoughts of Star Fox 64 earlier in this episode. Oh, boy. Not sure I'm on the Star Fox train anymore. I think I'm going to check out and uh, take that money spend it elsewhere. Uh, we'll see. You we'll can see buy how a gold
1: hurt. Mega Man amiibo.
0: Right, you know, spend my money in, in a, a correct way, you know. Uh yeah. Anyway, uh talking of amiibo, we got more of that shit. Uh Lucas is coming out twenty sixteen, got Animal Crossing stuff. You know what, who fucking cares? There's Amiibo coming out. There's Animal yes. Crossing stuff. Oh my god. Let's move on. Yes. Uh Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon february 19th let's move on uh yes. <laughs> hyrule warriors legends uh, is coming out march 25th which is the uh, the update of or the port i guess of the wii u game am um, still not interested in hyrule warriors uh, but they did announce a playable character being Linkle, who is the female version of link and as stupid a name as Linkle is i think she <laughs> looks pretty badass
1: She looks cool, but I agree the name is a little. It could have been like Linka or Link. It's so Japanese. Linkarella or something. I don't know. Oh God, no! That sounds even worse. (laughs) (laughs) God, Linkarella. Jesus. Linkle Um... sounds like tingle. (laughs) It it does. It it does. And and Linkle sounds like tingle. Sounds like tinkle. And tinkle means to have a piss. And it's just just not. I don't like the name.
0: Yeah, I don't like the name either, but she looks pretty awesome in terms of combat stuff. And my secret hope, Bally, is that you can choose to play as female Link in the new Zelda because she looks really cool. I, um,
1: and, but... and that's another issue. Do you think Hyrule Warriors is a, a suitable um, game to admit, to like bring such a big character into the zelda universe if she if she does well i mean if they're gonna
0: do it anywhere they they're gonna do it here because they hardly take risks outside of the main series you know um and i feel like maybe they're just dipping their toe in the water and seeing the reception and maybe uh if it does well then they'll you know consider it for the main series who knows um anyway uh some some more uh, special edition stuff for RFN to get excited about no scarves this time uh but there's uh, there's a compass or some shit that's going in a there compass? So. I don't fucking know it's So it looks...
1: oh my just Nintendo stop Yeah
0: well uh, special editions roll on with Bravely Second which is uh the follow up to Bravely Default uh that's coming out quarter 1 2016 very interested in this one uh didn't play the original bravely default because of the issues with the end of that game i heard from so many people complaining about it um i feel like this one is probably going to fix those and make it a more streamlined experience so i'm looking forward to it uh special edition comes with soundtrack art book bunch of shit comes with a figure of one of the characters and Nintendo had to specifically state at the bottom of the screen, this figure <laughs> is not an amiibo, uh, which I found hilarious because <sighs> these days who fucking knows anymore um, so, any any interest in, in Bravely Second? I know you uh, tr- want to get through different RPGs before you uh, make your way to any of these new ones.
1: Yeah, I feel certain RPGs are more accessible than others and this RPG doesn't scream accessibility to me yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it careful. And, all right, cool. You, you're, you're, you're the guide for me when it comes to these RPGs, because sure. I'm quite sure. nervous.
0: That's all right. I'll, I'll, That's I'm all right. here, Bali. Don't worry. I'll, I'll guide you through the darkness. Because Zenoblade was and... pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of darkness, uh, the light has now been shone in Camp Dragon Quest, uh, because finally... Oh, my God, Bali! You don't know how long people have been waiting for this, but finally they are localizing both Dragon Quest 7 and Dragon Quest 8 which have both been remade on 3DS and they're both coming out in 2016. I'm really excited about this uh the only Dragon Quest game I've played is Dragon Quest 9 but I've I've heard so many amazing things about 8 in particular and 7 is also one of those which not many people have played because it was on PS1 and um it just it didn't have that much circulation i think and uh it's hard to get a hold of these days so both of them are remastered on 3ds they've got added features bunch of new stuff and they've been out in japan for a while people have been screaming at nintendo to bring these over or at square enix to bring them over and finally they're coming here uh, and i will most likely get both of them next year so my rpg fix is going to be boy it's it's heavy it's very heavy um so i uh, i'm going to be crushed valley under the weight of battle systems and monsters and and Japanese. So uh but speaking of more of that, more Fire monsters Emblem and
1: Japaneseness and RPGs.
0: <laughs> Fire Emblem Fates has finally been confirmed as being in multiple versions for Europe. Uh now, if you haven't been following it, uh they had not confirmed this for the European region before. It had been confirmed for North America, but we were still under the impression maybe in Europe we were gonna get lucky and just have one game cartridge. That's not the case. They uh, just want to make as much money as they can out of this uh, Fire Emblem franchise, which seemingly has done much better in the West, thanks to Awakening. Um, and there are going to be three versions but, Bally, we do need to stress, and I was talking to Nagi about this because he imported uh, from Japan and has played through uh, the Nor Kingdom, which is the, the tougher one, and he's telling me that they are legitimately completely different games. Like, to the extent where you have different characters, you can recruit, all the maps are different, the storyline is... Di- like, it is legitimately three Fire Emblem games coming out in one day, and that is kind of going to make me ecstatic. Um, I am just kind of I want this right now and it's kind of frustrating because North America got a release date for February and Europe got nothing so if this goes the way that Awakening did, I'm going to have to wait an extra two months until April or something uh, God, I hope that's not the case, Bally I really don't
1: uh, But I mean, you do have to plenty of other RPGs coming I I'm
0: do, sure. but this is Fire Emblem Bally this is like one of my favourite franchises and True, I, I generally, if if something like this comes out, I put everything else to the side and focus on on that. So,
1: yeah. I I am pretty excited by it. I mean, I've I've not played a huge amount of Awakening yet, but I'm like I'm liking a lot what I've played so far, and it, it's it's looking even more. All the things I'm liking about Awakening, this game seems to do them even more when it comes to cinematics and story yes. and things like that, and especially story, like the idea that there's these two warring factions and that you have to pick sides and then they they made the emphasis at the third what's the third one called revelations i think just
0: revelation revelation
1: that it it, like it it's an alternative angle of this of the stories that have already taken place like showing you different different arguments and things so i i'm excited to see how that story unfolds and try i I think i will eventually play all three of them probably not in a weekend like you will but no. <laughs> I'll, I'll take my time and savor them because yeah I, i'm liking it a lot
0: all right cool uh there's a special edition for that which comes with all three games and an art book i'm trying my hardest to get that if i can but if i don't well you know i'll play them all eventually anyway so uh that was it for the main direct shibata said goodbye and i thought oh really because Sakurai had tweeted the day before that he was going to get up early for this direct and had mentioned that that was going to be a thing um, uh, apparently in North America Reggie did the one more thing thing uh, where he said by the way we got this one last thing I kind yeah. of preferred the European one because I was like oh, okay I guess it's over and then they started the trailer which was, which was pretty pretty great I'm sure there will uh, have
1: been a, a tiny fr- fraction of Europeans who will have switched off after Shibata said goodbye Maybe and might have maybe. missed this announcement
0: <laughs> could have done um but Bally <laughs> a lot of people who are fans of this franchise uh, kind of uh, cottoned onto it early with the music because the music is uh, very well known um I cottoned onto it as soon as I saw the final fantasy logo coming into shot I'm like wait a second like this is is this happening right now is this real and then I saw 7 I was like there's no way they're going to put cloud in this game right cuz that's he he's associated with the ps1 and nintendo losing final fantasy like this is the least nintendo character you could put in this video game and then it's fucking cloud strife on final fantasy 7 and i just fucking lose my mind it's ridiculous um the the funniest thing about this though is bali texts me like the next day (laughs) and he's like oh by the way who's that final fantasy character i don't i've never i'm like Are you fucking serious right now? Like, (laughs) Cloud Strife is probably one of the most recognisable characters in all of video games. I think, Bally, just your lack of knowledge of anything Final Fantasy is, is, yeah, is...
1: I've got a massive blind spot to Final Fantasy, absolutely. Um, I know absolutely zero about final fantasy you see like
0: i've known about cloud since like i watched flash cartoons on Newgrounds back in the day and they did like riffs on final fantasy with cloud as the main character i named one of my dogs after cloud like i've never played final fantasy 7 but th- like that character and that game i have known things about for a very long time and uh it is just insane so he's in smash bally uh does that excite you did you think he was a cool looking character what what are your thoughts on him just as a smash character
1: yeah, he's looking really cool and I, I think I'm, even though I don't know much about Final Fantasy, I am still more excited about the idea that it is collaborating with Nintendo and he's going to be in Smash Brothers. Like The more big names, big franchises that you can get under, under that Smash umbrella, the better and he seems like a really weighty character in that sense. He, a bit like um, uh, Ryu, you know like that's just such a big video game character he, I mean Cloud from everything you're saying is obviously a much bigger games character perhaps than someone like Ryu. Maybe, maybe it depends debatable. on who you are depends on who you're talking to yeah um, but I mean I was totally ready for like a shovel night or something so I'm still I'm still holding hope for that character uh, but... right
0: well they did announce after the trailer that there's going to be a smashed focus presentation in December uh i imagine cool. it's going to be uh, between christmas and new year um where they yes. have had directs in the past uh and maybe then we'll we'll see the ballot stuff but they didn't even talk about whether this was part of the ballot or not they just gave us the trailer and ended the direct like there was no additional thing <laughs> said about it um so no one knows whether it was cloud the ballot character was he just a, a deal that they struck up with square um
1: and a lot of people also maybe they'll never say who was the ballot character
0: maybe they won't uh i i feel like they have to kind of address it though and i think that is going to happen in this uh this smash presentation that's coming up um but who knows maybe they'll just brush that under the carpet that that'd be kind of terrible because people get angry about it but um uh this also has brought to mind for some people like hey square are working on that uh that final fantasy 7 remake on ps4 and we know that that's not going to be an exclusive thing to PS4. They said it's it's coming first there. Uh, we imagine it'll go to Xbox and to PC and stuff like that later. But could mean, Bally, that NX has the potential to get this Final Fantasy VII remake as well. And uh, that Square just want to push this marketing machine as much as possible by having Cloud and Smash and... And associating Final Fantasy
1: back to Nintendo, maybe. Um I mean, which is this, exciting stuff. All this chat about what NX has to do to, you know, reestablish Nintendo and then amongst the big boys in terms of sales and stuff. A deal to get Final Fantasy seven on the NX is the exact kind of thing they probably need. Um and Cloud being in Smash Brothers is just encouragement for that. And it's and it's for like complete noobs to final fantasy like me i'm going to be playing a game with him in it this character this world is going to be made known to people like me and i'm sure as few as there are out there there will still be some people like me who know very little about final fantasy who are nintendo and smash brothers fans and it's all about character recognition and letting us know about him so that if final fantasy 7 does come to something like the nx that they might consider buying it. So I think it's just, it's a very healthy move for Nintendo if they can actually fulfill and follow through and get that game on NX. Yeah. Um, Exciting times ahead, as we continue to say, uh,
0: but overall this Direct, I think, was a great shot in the arm. You know, it just... It got me excited about yes. Nintendo stuff again, and it feels like that has been missing for the last few months. Like we've been kind of chugging along, playing our games. Not much has been happening,
1: and um, I really needed this this injection. Totally. And it, like like I was saying at the start, it's the, it, it's the big things. Yes, you know, Cloud, Twilight Princess. These are huge announcements, but the little things, you know, Gen 1 Pokemon on Virtual Console, that's a great announcement, that's just really exciting, or just, you know, buy one, get one half price for the two Zelda DS games really simple announcements that just are great for fueling that hype train, letting people experience more Nintendo experiences and it it makes the Directs thicker and faster and more exciting in general Totally Um,
0: And we know that, you know, they're going to rework them for next year and they'll come back in a new form. I'm excited to see what that is. And, uh, you know, we're going to stay tuned for this Smash Brothers Direct and hopefully talk about that at the end of the year. Um, But, yeah, I think uh, that's pretty much going to close things out with the show here, Bally. Uh, What a a good thing to end on. Um, And uh, I guess uh, where can we hear more of your thoughts about Nintendo Directs and all these other things on the
1: Internet? Please follow me on Twitter, I'm at Ballyman91, that's B-A-L-L-Y-M-A-N-9-1, uh, that is also my name on the Miiverse. Um I've been posting a bit recently, I think, I can't remember, a bit of Mario Maker. Well, you made a Mario Maker sort of level I'd, that people I'd, can try out. I did, I'd highly recommend checking that out, um, follow me on Twitter to find out more about that
0: sweet Uh, you can find me on the Twitters I am at LordNBZ LordNBZ is the meverse as well Um, we have a Twitter for the podcast which is at TNL podcast and uh, we're going to read out a couple of tweets that people sent to us we read out some reviews last week going to read out a couple of tweets here and just get a bit of a community feedback going
1: yeah um, Diego Perez said hey guys just wanted to drop a thank you for the great podcast you've been making it's the highlight of my 9 to 5 job cheers uh, and also jacob schaefer said i found someone else at college who follows tnl podcast this is a good thing um so yeah thank you very much for those tweets um and like mbz said if any of you have any other things you want to tweet at us you can follow us um at tnl podcast that's at tnl podcast
0: yes uh, uh you can also go ahead and review us on itunes uh if you want to i uh, will get back to reading some of those later um and uh, you can also subscribe and find us on the service Uh, you can find us on stitcher uh we're on youtube we are in different places on the internet download us into your ears listen to us subscribe all that great stuff um feel like that's it, Bally. Do we have anything else gonna, you want to plug? I to
1: say, and remember, we're running quite low on your emails, so do Yes, send... I'm sure
0: you have a lot of thoughts off the Nintendo Direct, so send us those emails. And uh, where, where can they be sent to, Bally?
1: Send them to thisnintendolife at gmail.com. All right.
0: Uh, that is going to be us. Uh, we'll be back at you in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but until then, thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll see you soon. Goodbye. musical interludes used in today's show were Granny's World Tour from Rayman Legends, copyright Ubisoft 2013, and The Final Boss Theme from Evoland, copyright Shiro Games
1: 2013. Twenty Smuck, this. You know what my memory rem- remembers to do? Forget? No.
0: Uh, I don't know. What does it remember to do?
1: Fire Fireballs.
0: I hate you. You suck. <laughs> you suck.
1: <laughs> You're <a> big asshole.
0: <laughs> Fucking <sighs>